churches. Uh, Blade and I are going to be leaving after service today. We're heading to Orlando. We're flying to Kenya. And um, <clears throat> we're going to be there for just over a week. And we're going to go meet with Pastor Gideon. And that's Nairobi down there. And this is Turkana up here. And he, over the last 12 years, has established around 70 churches in that region. And when we came back from South Africa last year, launching Club Pure in South Africa, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to partner with him, and I want you to build churches. I want you to build buildings. And so we started talking about it. We had built a church for another pastor over there. It cost us around six, $7,000. It was, it was all the bricks. It was all the windows, the doors, the roof. We had to pick a tree out. They chopped the tree down and made timber for the roof with it. It included electrical. And so we said, you know what? Even if it's 20000 a building, we can do that. That's easy. Amen? Amen? We can do one of those every month. You say, how, how do we do that? It's real easy. You say, Lord, give me seed to sow into that, and the Lord will produce it in your life. He'll give you access to the resources. And if, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. I'm just giving you an opportunity to join me and be blessed. <laughs> Tap into eternal rewards. The Lord will do it through us, I'm telling you. If He told me to do it, with or without you, it's going to get done. But you have an opportunity to join in and catch the vision, and we're going to start building. You say, why are we building churches in Kenya? Well, because the Lord told me to do it. That's why. Yes, Lord. Not my will, but your will be done. Do you know what the Bible says here in the book of Matthew? Go to Matthew. Let me, let me, let me, while I'm, while I'm teaching on building buildings, let's go to Luke. Luke 11. Luke 11, verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Look at the person next to you. Say, Jesus is giving you instruction. This is a good model for prayer. It's not going to God and whining and complaining about everything that you think he should do and that he hasn't done. Telling God all your problems and all your stories and all your frustrations. That's not prayer. That's a complaining session. Look at the person next to you and tell him, God doesn't respond to whining. He responds to faith. How do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So when God gives you instruction and you follow the recipe, you'll get the results. Look at the person next to you and say, follow the recipe. This is called humility. When you follow the recipe, it's saying, I'm going to do it your way, God, not my way. That's where the will has to surrender and say, Lord, not my way, your way. I'm going to do it your way. You're smarter than me. You know what you're talking about. Jesus, I'm following you. I'll follow your example. Look at the person next to you and say, are you a follower of Christ Jesus? Then do what he says, and you'll get the breakthrough. Stop being hard-headed. Stop being a dummy. The Bible says Jesus was made unto us the wisdom of God. So if you want the wisdom of God, just do what he says. Who wants to have a long life? Who wants riches and honor? Who wants their life in every way to be satisfying? 
then just do what he said. It's so easy. I don't know why I'm stuck here. I just want to read the scripture. But I feel like somebody has to break through here. You've got to lay down your way. You've got to surrender your will and say, no longer my way, God. If I'm going to be a Christian, then I'm going to do what you say. That's what it's about. It's obedient. And he says here, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Look at the person next to you say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your prayer life should be about asking God what he wants to do. Uh, I'm going to let this settle in you. Your prayer life should be going to God, say, God, I'm your servant. What do you want me to do? Let your kingdom come, your will be done. I'll do whatever you want me to do. It's that simple. And if you'll align yourself with God and say, God, I want to see your kingdom as it is in heaven on earth. In me and through me. It starts with your life and then it'll go into your family. And then it'll spill out of your family into other areas. Your business, wherever you go. Say Jerusalem, Judea, and to the outermost parts of the earth. It's got to start in you first. If you don't change on the inside first, nothing changes in your life. Can you say amen? How many of you would like to enter into the rest of God? The Bible talks about rest. Look at somebody and say, there's rest available to you. Let's find out where this is. This is in Hebrews somewhere. Say there's a rest available. So Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 says, That is why the Holy Spirit says today, When you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. When they tested me in the wilderness. That's called resistance. I know we love Star Wars, but we're not going to be part of the resistance. Can you say amen? He says... Where your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath that they would never enter the place of rest. If you want to enter into the place of rest, you've got to stop being hard-hearted. And you've got to stop resisting the voice of the Holy Spirit and you have to yield to Him. Because when you step into the flow of the Holy Ghost, you enter into rest. Because you stop striving and you stop resisting and going your own way. That, what I just told you, is gold. You might not understand it, but entering into the rest of God is as simple as you learning to yield to the Holy Ghost And only do what the Father tells you to do. Only say what the Father tells you to say. And now you're not in your strength. You're just doing. You're living in His strength, in His will, in His way, what He wants to do. And He empowers you. He gives you the wisdom. He gives you the provision. He gives you everything that you need to do what He told you to do. It's easy. But you have to let go. 
You've got to stop but Godding. But God. There is a rebellion problem in America. There is a rebellion against authority in this country like I've never seen. Because you, you got to see the way the kids act. And that comes from home, by the way, BTW. There is such a rebellion against authority. Because you are an American, I'm an American. I have a Bill of Rights. I have a Second Amendment. I'll say what the hell I want, when I want to say it, do what I want, when I want to do it. If you don't like it, then I'll shoot you. That's the attitude. Like you're God or something. Like you created the universe. Can't tell you nothing. You know everything. And you have to break that rebellion out of you. You have to come to the cross and say, God, everything in me that will not obey what you say needs to die. You read the scripture and it says, pray for your enemy. Like, hell, I'm going to pray for my enemy. I'm going to shoot them. They die. The fire of God burn them. Send fire from heaven, God. Kill them. That thing that wants to kill and destroy is not life. That thing that resists, that always argues, that always pushes back, that has an attitude, that won't do it. I won't go. I won't do what you say. Leave me alone. What do you, you, Allah? You bring it to the cross and you kill it. Take a knife out and you stab it in the heart. And you leave it here. Because it's from the devil. It comes from the devil. You don't want the the devil living in you, thinking through you, speaking through you, working through you. Because everything the devil does is to steal, kill, and destroy. And this temple is supposed to be holy and separated unto the will of God, not to the will of the enemy. And so everything in you that resists coming to church, you got to kill it. Everything that resists you laying down your life to serve someone else, you got to kill it. Because that's Jesus. This is, you say, there's a lot of death going on here. Yeah, Jesus died. And he showed you the way. What did you think? The cross was just a metaphor? Oh, it's a cute trinket that I wear. It's a metaphor. It's metaphorical. No, it's a reminder that you're supposed to live a crucified life every single day. Dead to the flesh, dead to sin, dead to my will, dead to my way, dead to the opinions of people, dead to the customs and the patterns of the world system, and alive to Christ. And then everything that rises up, that tries to exalt itself above what God said to do, you got to pull it down and put it under your feet. 
we always want to pay a professional to do everything for us. Look at the person next to you say, you got to weed your own garden. You want to know about my garden, bro? So I was in my garden this week. For those of you who don't know, God <laughs> planted a garden in the east of Eden. And so I planted a garden on the east side of my house. And God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. And so when I go into my garden, doesn't matter what time of day, even in the heat of the day, God is there with me. And so the Lord talks to me while I'm in my garden. I'm sweating. I'm planting trees. I'm just propping them up and zip tying things and digging holes and fertilizer. You've got to put the manure in there and put the bone meal and the blood meal, according to B and others who claim that it strengthens the roots of the plants. So I'm just following instructions because I really don't know what I'm doing. And so... I have to plant a hedge in the front of my yard that I want to grow eight foot high. You know those hedges that you can cut and you can give them shape and stuff? But I'm going to do it where you don't have those weird gaps at the bottom. Because apparently you've got to cut them back hard in spring. Because when you cut one, it produces six more. All right? And it's going to fill the bottom. So every time you drive by a hedge and you see the bottom isn't filled, it's because they didn't do it right. They didn't take the time to do what was needed to be done. That's why the hedge looked like that. And the squirrels come through and the snakes and the rats. And you got you to put a border on your garden. And you got to do it high enough where people cannot climb over the top either. Because thieves break in and steal. Amen. And at the garden gate, I've got cherubim with flaming swords. So that if you ever try to access my garden when I am not home, angels will kill you dead. This is my garden. You say, where do you get all this from? The Bible. And this is the place where people exit the building. This guy crazy. He's preaching a false doctrine. I am leaving. No, I'm just having fun. It's a joke. So anyway, while I was digging my hedge this week, from the surface... When, when they built my house, they had to rip all these trees out. They had to clear the whole lot. Anybody seen a lot being cleared before? And so there were all kinds of trees, all kinds of bushes, grass, snakes, lizards, frogs. Who knows what else was on that yard? And they came in with a bulldozer. They pulled everything out. And they put the pad down. They built the house. They put, graded the property. They put lovely grass on it. So here I am now digging a hole to plant a tree. And so I'm digging, and then I hit something hard. I'm like, what is this? And did I hit a pipe? Am I going to break a pipe to my house? This isn't even going to work because i got to put my tree here so my hedge is going to be right. And as I dug a little deeper, I discovered that there was a root down there. From the surface, you couldn't see the root. It just looked pretty. It looked like everything was cleared, like everything was gone. But when I dug two feet into the ground, I discovered that there was still something there from what was old. And there are some things in your life that you no longer do 
You no longer live that way. You no longer hang out with those people. On the surface, you don't see it. But deep down on the inside, there's still some roots that remind you of that old season. And what God is doing in this season, he's, he's going, pinpointing those things that are of old, that are limitations and holding you back. And he knows exactly where to go and what to do to remove those things from your thinking and from your archives so that they no longer live in you anymore. And that's what happened to Pastor Selena. That vision, that, that encounter she had here two weeks ago, where she, I was talking, I was praying. And we're talking about mirror, um, the thing that you see in the mirror, the thing that you say to yourself in the mirror. She went into a vision where she saw a mirror in front of her and it broke. It shattered. Comparison came up in her mind and she said, I'm, I, I'm comparison? Why am I thinking about comparison? I dealt with that a long time ago. Just because you dealt with it on the outside and there's still things on the inside that God wants to remove from your life. Can you say amen? Because he's got to get your ground totally cleaned and prepared for what's getting ready to grow. He doesn't want stuff in the way. Can you say amen? And we're stepping into a season. <laughs> hey. I'm saying divine increase on every side in the natural like we've never seen before in this ministry. So put that picture up again of Kenya. So we're going to Kenya, and we are going on a scouting expedition. We're going to go tour the churches in these cities. Some of them are in shacks. Some of them are under trees. Some of them in partial buildings. Some of them in metal, just sheet metal buildings. Um, some of them are in people's houses. So we're going to drive the area. There's 70. We're not going to get to all 70, but we're going to go look at regions. And what the Lord dropped into my spirit that we need to do is, we're going to go to a region and we're strategically going to build buildings that are going to double as youth centers. I don't know if you're ready to hear what I'm going to say right now. I, I, don't think, I don't think you're ready. So what the Lord showed me this weekend while I was at the men's conference, he said, I, I want you to fill those buildings with orphans. The neglected, the rejected... He said, I am anointing you and your wife to become the mother and the father of the orphans, my orphans in Kenya. And he said, what you build over the next five to ten years will become a national model that you can duplicate in other countries. It all started with me saying to the Lord, yes, I'll build churches in Kenya. And this unfolded over the last six to eight months. So we're going on an expedition. We're going to scout regions. Because Pastor Gideon already has a school with 65 orphans in it. They were living with the pastors in the different areas. And um, they were going to public schools. But he said, these kids have faced so much trauma. They've been through so much stuff. They go to the public schools. They don't get care. They don't treat these kids right. They're struggling in the school system over there. And as much as Missy and I, we've always wanted to be the school that, you know, all the prim and proper kids come to. We get the ones that are kicked out of every school. 
And we, we love them because they're rebellious. And if you can take one of these kids that are so jacked up, I was one of them, and you can turn their hearts to God, they will rip the devil's kingdom to shreds. They will be so thankful to God that he loved them. I feel that he came and rescued me, that he gave me stuff I never had. He set my feet on a rock. He gave me vision for my life. And the Lord said to me, I'll raise up presidents. I'll raise up governmental leaders. I'll raise up people of influence. And I'm here to tell you, we're going to shape the future of nations. You say, you're crazy. Yeah, just like we were crazy when we said we were going to build what we have today. And we've built the model and it works. Now we're going to take the model and we're going to duplicate it in nations. We already have one in South Africa. We're going to have one in Kenya. And we'll just see what the Lord does. Can you say amen? So we're going. We're going to put together a documentary. And we're launching the Nick and Misty show. Misty and I are going to, we're going to stream from our house. Our home is really a studio. It's not really, it's a house, but it's a studio. And we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about raising families, practical parenting, how the two become one. And we're really going to deal with homes. We're going to talk about the nitty-gritty, the things that people need to hear. Because everything starts in the household. If it's wrong at home, it's wrong everywhere else. And man, we got to stand up. I had one yes. And we, got to, we got to be, your kids don't do, what you, they don't do what you say, they do what you do. And there's no greater way than to irritate your kids than to tell them to do something that you won't do yourself. Lead by example and be a man. Moving right along. Can you say amen? So we're going over there. We're going to scout out the land. This is what's really crazy. Look at the, look at the person next to you and say, this is crazy. <clears throat> so when the Lord spoke to me to do this last year, Coming into right before summer, we had planned to go to Kenya and to actually um, go visit Pastor Gideon and do everything I'm talking about. And we went up to the river to Pastor Rodney's. And when we were there for the Youth Fire Week meeting with the pastors, he, he said he's putting a schedule together for Africa. So I said, no way. You're going to Africa? He said, yes. So I said, when are you going? He said, September, October. I said, well, we're going to be in Kenya. He said, well, I'm going to be in Nairobi. So I said, awesome. Pastor Gideon wants to meet you. I'm going to fly him and some other people, and we'll go see Pastor Rodney in, in Nairobi. Well, when the first lady of the country found out that he was coming to the nation, she lives in the city of Eldoret. Eldoret is where Pastor Gideon lives and where we're going to be, right here. And so it ended up where Pastor Rodney changed his schedule to do a meeting in the city where we're going to be. And so we're going to have Pastor Rodney there. We're going to have uh, Pastor Gideon and his wife there. And the president and the president's wife will be there. So if you said to me a year ago that one year from now you're going to fly to Kenya and possibly meet the president of Kenya when you launch a youth development center over there, I would have told you you are crazy. 
Look at the person next to you and say, God doesn't tell you everything. He gives you pieces and he wants you to obey. If I said, no, Lord, we don't have the money. We don't have the time. We're too busy. We're not building anything in Kenya. Then none of this would be happening. Nothing would have unfolded from my obedience. And we're always looking for God to just give us the thing, do it, magic, wham, bam, done. But God is looking for your obedience every step of the way. Will you obey him when he says step in the little area? Because if you won't obey him here, you won't obey him in bigger things. Can you say amen? But we're moving into a place in this ministry where we are going to really shape the future of nations by putting things in the next generation and raising them up in the things of God. That's where we're heading. If you don't like where the train's going, you can find another train. I want you to look at the person next to you in the eyeballs and tell them this is not church the way you think church is. We're not a little gathering on Sunday mornings, a cute little gathering, a little click, a little club where we come to socialize and have feel-good messages. We have an assignment from heaven, and there's nations that God wants to impact, people's lives that he wants to touch and change and bring into the kingdom. And we're going to be about our Father's business. Can we say amen? Amen. And he is in the business of souls. He's in the business of taking territory. He's in the business of bringing his kingdom to the earth. And he's looking for men and women that will just say, yes, I'm here to do whatever you want to do. Yes, sir. Can you say amen? Amen. And that's why we don't have time for goats. You can be the greatest of all time on the basketball field. That's great. But don't be a goat here. Goats are always budding. Have you seen those videos where the guys go and feed the goats in the pen and they bend over and the goats ram them? They're hilarious. We should play one of those. Look at the person next to you say, don't be a goat. And so I'm very excited about what the Lord is getting ready to do. Amen. And um, this, what we're doing here in St. Lucie County is just a training center to equip people to impact the nations of the world. This is just a training center. This is the world headquarters. Can you say amen? And Dr. Tracy is here from South Africa. We've been praying about this for four years to launch a Bible school. And it's launching. And this Bible school is not just a Bible school. We're going to equip educators. We're going to put modules together. We're going to build housing on this property. We've been talking, Missy and I have been talking about this forever, to fly people in here to equip them. And this is what it's for. Because I've been praying, what are we going to build on the property? We can put a nice big tent up, a pavilion. It'll look great. But is it what God wants us to do? I only want to do what He wants us to do. Can you say amen? For what, what are we being called to do? What is the purpose? Where are we going? And how does this thing fit into what we're building? And we're entering into a season of building like we've never built before. We've built locally, but now we're building internationally. Can you say amen? And so the beginning of this year, the Lord said to me, prepare the people for divine increase. 
This thing's going to explode. I met with a guy. We met with a guy. Oh, my goodness. I know. I'm just telling everybody everything. We met with a guy that put together a new, build, a new way of building buildings. They snap together. We can put a building up in 30 days that can house 800 people. I'm telling you, everything is coming together. And let me tell you the piece that's coming next, the finances. This thing will be fully funded. I'm telling you right now. The Lord told me, he said, prepare my people for divine increase on every side. And he said, in your abundance, don't forget me. I've been preaching it for eight months and it's coming. We're on the brink of it. What's getting ready to happen, Pure Conference will be a marker that's going to shift this ministry forever. And you will be shifted too. Can you say amen? So I want to share one more thing. Everybody tracking with me? So, last year in prep, last year in the, in, in the time of September, coming through the Jewish New Year, I had, an, I had an encounter with the Lord where the Lord showed me four pictures. You remember this? Picture number one was the east wind blowing. I saw a cloud blowing and I heard the Lord say east wind. Right? And... When you look up the east wind in the Bible, you'll find that the, when the east wind blew, it blew locusts into Egypt to destroy the Egyptian crops. Look at the person next to you and, and tell him the east wind is going to bring destruction to the enemy that's been holding you captive. The second thing that the east wind did was it cleared away through the Red Sea where the Israelites were able to walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. And then the, the east wind stopped blowing and collapsed the sea on the enemy and brought destruction to them. That was, that was picture number one. Picture number two that the Lord showed me was an angel on a white horse with, on its hind legs with a sword drawn and a road leading into a victorious battle. Look at the person next to you and tell them the angels of God are with us. They're leading us down a straight path into a battle. God wants to take us into a battlefield. But it's not a battle that we lose. It's a battle we win. It's a victorious battle. The third picture that the Lord showed me is I saw darkness. I saw a thick cloud of darkness that was so dense that you couldn't penetrate it. And in the center of it, right above me, was a portal, a hole right through it. And I could see into the galaxies. And the Lord said to me that I'm going to give you access to see through the darkness into the glory so that you could bring divine strategies out of the heavenlies and speak order into chaos and light into darkness. This is what the Lord said. Picture number four. I saw an almond tree flowering it didn't have fruit but it was flowering and the almond tree represents that God watches over his word to perform it and we're in the flowering stage flower is the preparation for the fruit uh, uh, uh. 
So what do these four pictures represent? Number one, the winds of change are blowing. What seems impossible, where there's been limitations, the Lord is breaking every limitation that you've been held captive by and He's breaking you through. That resulted in us being able to go to South Africa and actually start a youth center in a foreign country. That is the sea splitting to make a way for us to have something that's up and running and is successful right now. The furniture just arrived for us to launch the preschool starting in January. Okay. That ocean that's impossible to cross, God made a way to cross it. Not only did he make a way for us to go there, but he made a way for Dr. Tracy and Havana to come over here. To bring that piece to the puzzle that we needed to bring. What am I talking about? I am showing you that every vision, everything that you receive as wisdom from God shouldn't just be something that you uh, become big-headed about. It has to be something that you take, understand what God is saying, and apply it to see long life in the right hand and riches and honor in the left hand and all your ways satisfying. This pure conference is not for you to get visions from God about wisdom and then go around boasting that God spoke to you. How is it transforming your life and how is it impacting the world that you live in? So I can sit here and I say, the east wind is blowing. I prophesy the east wind. And you leave here saying, the east wind. But what is it doing? Let me tell you what it's doing. It took us from America to South Africa, and it took people from South Africa and brought them to America. What was impossible became possible. East wind. The angel leading us into victorious battle, we've already won, guys. We just got to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. We've already won this thing. Those buildings are already built. That nation is already taken. And we've already built a model that will be duplicated in other nations of the world. You say, why? Because God said it and He watches over His Word to perform it. If He said it, it's already done. We just have to walk it out. Say, we already won. That means presidents have been raised up. World leaders have been raised up. People of influence have been raised up. Why? Because it's already written in heaven and it's about to happen on earth. Ah, this is sinking. I feel it. I feel this thing going deep in you today. Vision is going to unlock in you, and you're going to see how you fit in it. And you're going to realize that you're not just coming to a building on a Sunday morning to sing songs and make coffee, and that you're part of something in the kingdom that God is doing to change the world. From Fort Pierce... The strategies, this whole strategy unfolded because God allowed us to see what he had in his heart for the nation of Kenya. And we saw into the light to bring order into chaos. There is kids in this nation that need a mother and a father to come and cover them and protect them and raise them and provide for them and equip them. Will you go? No, I don't want to go, God. I love my garden. 
I love my new house. I've been living in a garage long enough, hopping around apartment to apartment. You gave me the house. I love my house. You're at my house. I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to travel 40 hours to get to my destination. But Lord, you said go. I'm going. Not my will. Not my wants. Leave my wife. I gotta leave my wife for two weeks. I don't want to leave her. We are one. We we have the best friends. We're we're the best together. I gotta leave her for two weeks, Lord. It's hard. When I wanted to travel the nations 15 years ago, you didn't let me. Now I don't want to travel to the nations, and now you want me to go. What? I don't know, probably. And number four, the almond trees is blossoming, guys. Mega fruit is about to be produced from this. That is going to be a harvest for the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? And so we're about to see this thing come together. This is the beginning stages of it. Phase one has been built. It's taken us 15 years to build phase one. Phase two is coming, and we're going to take what we've built here, and we're going to duplicate it in the nations, and it's becoming a national model. We're already starting to tap into access to government. Pastor Rodney said this. He said this at the men's conference. He said when the king, I don't know if it was of Ethiopia or one of the countries, one of the kings came with his wife to visit at the church two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and the king said to him, when you come to my country, you pick out any piece of property you want, and I'll give it to you to build whatever you want. So if God can take something like this to a government and the government says, yes, bring it into my nation. And you have their backing and support. Things shift, guys, in a way that we've never understood before. Can you say amen? All right, close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we live in some of the most exciting times on planet Earth. Father, you've called every single person in this place to be here at this time, not by accident, Lord God, but to be part of what you're doing. And Father, I thank you. Every single person has a piece to play. They are a piece to the puzzle in some way, shape, or form, God. And Father, I pray that as we come into Pure Conference and through Pure Conference, through this time, that you will show them how they fit in the puzzle. How their peace clicks in, God. And Father, I thank you that they're seeing that there's vision being expanded on the inside of them to see that they are significant. No one can say to, no eye can say to the foot, you're not important. The finger can't say to the ear, you're not needed. Father, every person has a place and has a function and has a purpose and is one with the body. And Father, I thank you that you are putting your body together. You're knitting it together. Every piece in its place, understanding its place, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you are removing every limitation from us. That you are equipping your people with the anointing and with the ability to get the job done. Father, I thank you that you're putting this thing together by your hand. And what you have started, you will complete, Lord God. I thank you for a unity in this house, Lord. I thank you that your plans and purposes, you are watching over your word to perform it. 
It is for your kingdom and for your glory, Lord. And I thank you, whatever is lacking, whatever is missing, whatever is broken, that needs to be fixed, that needs to be replaced, that needs to be restored, that you will do it, Father. Everything that is needed, the provision, I thank you, it's fully funded, God. And I thank you, God, that we as a house are stepping into a season of divine increase on a level that we've never imagined. The eye hasn't seen it, the ear hasn't heard it, and the heart has not imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. And Lord, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, for the honor and the opportunity to serve in your kingdom. It is an honor, God, to serve the King of the universe. Can you say it? Lord.